Today, we're going to be talking about Christmas and what it represents. Whether this is your first time in church or your thousandth, I know that this story is the most important story of all mankind as we look to the good news. I want everyone to say good news to the good news of Christmas. See, Christmas simply represents the birth of a man named Jesus. We have to understand Jesus is a person. He isn't a figure of speech or, you know, he literally came to earth as a man. He was both fully man and fully God. He was fully human, born of a virgin Mary, but also fully divine. He was a man, as someone said earlier, just like you and I were born, yet he was different to us. And I want to talk about some shepherds that we read about in the Bible around 2,000 years ago who can relate to my story about expecting bad news and finding good news. And so we're going to read from a passage of Scripture in the Bible from Luke chapter 2. We're going to do a bit of a deep dive into the story. So you can read it behind me or just hear my voice. So Joseph, who was Jesus' dad, uh, uh, also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was Jesus' mother, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. I still wish I could be a fly on the wall and see that conversation when Mary's trying to tell Joseph, hey, just so you know, an angel came, I'm now pregnant, and you and I haven't had sex yet, and I haven't had sex with anyone else, okay? And I can just imagine that conversation. But Joseph was a good man and decided to do the honorable thing and pledged to marry her, but they had never been together. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available to them. Isn't that amazing? The King of kings and the Lord of lords came to this earth in the most humble of places in a manger, filled with filthy animals and smells we don't want to know about in a manger. And there were shepherds living out in a field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified." Let's press pause. I, I think this is hilarious that there's a, these shepherds are just out doing what they normally do, right? They're uh, in the middle of the night. Let's put themselves in their shoes. They're looking after their sheep and out of nowhere, this angel just comes and the light, the glory of God comes and they are absolutely terrified. Now, the Bible doesn't say they were in short shorts. I don't think they were like I was, but they were terrified. They were expecting to die because the angels were there. It was so terrifying. But then we go on to say this, and this is my key thought for us here today. The shepherds, uh, sorry, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah and the Lord. So the shepherds then followed uh, the, the voice of the angel and went and met Mary, Joseph, and little baby Jesus in a manger. And the Bible says that the shepherds bowed down and worshipped him as they recognised there is something powerful about this baby boy. He will be the saviour of all mankind. And this is what we are celebrating here today and what I want to share a few thoughts on. Let me ask you here today, what comes to your mind when you think about Jesus? What comes to your mind when you think about who God is? Maybe for some of us, we might think that he is angry at us. 
Maybe others, you the first thing you think of, he is distant and far away and not interested in your life. Maybe you think he's a party pooper who is boring and wants to ruin your life. Or maybe you're, you're sitting here going, you know what, Dan, if I'm honest, I'm still trying to work out if he is real. And that's completely okay. But in these next few moments together, before I finish up and we go and have so much fun together, I want to discuss how Jesus coming to this earth impacts your life and my life here and now today. This the most significant moment for all humanity, yet it is relevant for your life and my life right now. Is that, is that helpful? Yeah. All right, let's get into it. I've, my first thought is this. The good news is this. I am loved. I want you to say that after me. Say, I, I am loved. I don't know about you, but when you think of Christmas, of course the holy ones of us all think about Jesus. But if anyone here has kids, I know what they think about. It's probably not Jesus. It might be, but it's definitely got something to do with Christmas presents, right? Whose kids just absolutely love opening presents? Yeah. Who's an adult and like loves it just as much as you were a kid? I know Ebony's like that, my wife. And uh, I remember growing up, my brother as a child, he had like a 90-day countdown to his birthday and to Christmas. He was like we, his own pants level of excitement, 90 days out. And talk about pressure for my mum, that better be a good gift, girl, because he's excited. And I know for me, there's not much of a better feeling in life, is there? When you, when you buy a gift, you're sitting there with a loved one and they open it and just the joy it brings as they receive something they, they wanted. I love buying gifts for my family, for my beautiful wife, and just getting to be in the moment as they open it. It's so special. But what, I, what is the motivation behind buying gifts? If I was to ask you, why are you buying presents for your spouse or your children or your friends or your family? Simply, the, rev- the, the reason we spend our hard-earned money and our, our tight time to go to flippin' Eastland when there's no car parks available, everyone's grumpy, there's no, you know, it's like, there's no husband chairs there, and you go and it's stressful and, and you, you, you want to get something and they're out of stock and, and someone swears at you. Yeah, the reason we put ourselves through all that... Uh, husbands know what I'm talking about. Some of you might love shopping. God bless you, but I don't. But why do I do that? Because I love the people I want to buy these gifts for. The overflow of our love represents itself in the giving of a gift. And I love this verse in John 3.16. It's perhaps the most famous scripture of all time. It says this, For God so loved the world. And I want to press pause there. What does the world represent? It's not the earth, it's not things, it is people. So another way we can read this is, for God so loved you specifically and me specifically that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Just like out of our love, we give gifts to the people we love. Can I tell you here today, as we reflect on Christmas, that the God who created you, the God who knew you when you were in your mother's womb before anybody knew you, the God who had a smile on his face as he made you, the Bible says he knit you together in the hidden place of the womb. That same God loves you so much that he was willing to give the most important thing in his life. He gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ. 
Any parent here would know that you would rather die than, I know this is awful, I don't know why I just thought of it, than your children die. Imagine God our Father, rather than Him going Himself, He had to send Jesus, His Son, and He knew full well why He was going to earth, so that He would die an awful death on the cross. That is how much God loves us. Why did He send His only Son, Jesus? It is so simple, friend, because He loves you and He loves me. And as I said, Jesus coming to this earth wasn't glamorous. It wasn't to come as a king. It wasn't to come to be honoured. He came with one mission in mind, and it was to die in your place and my place because of this thing called sin. The most simple way I love to illustrate it, this helped me so much. I want you to imagine this is you and me. Say hi to me. Hello, hello. All right, so (laughs) this is you and me, and this is God above us. And God wants relationship with us, but there's this thing we all are born with. Every one of us have this thing called sin. And I want you to imagine this sin, it separates us from God. We can't be in relationship with God because of this thing called sin. And when Jesus came to this earth and when he hung on that cross, the Bible is so clear that God placed the sin of you and me upon Jesus so that you and I now have a way to be in relationship with God. That our sin that was once stopping us from being in relationship with God was put on Jesus. And he died a death he didn't deserve in our place. But the good news is this, that Jesus Christ rose again three days later. He overcame sin and death once and for all. And now you and I have access to the most wonderful thing, a relationship with God. And that we would not perish, but have eternal life. This is the good news. The cross is spelt L-O-V-E. It's the greatest love letter that has ever been written. Do you know Jesus hung on that cross with a nail through his one through his left wrist, one through his right, and a big one through both of his shins. And as he hung on there, do you know what was on his mind? It was you. And if he could have only come just to save you, he still would have. Romans 5.8 says this, but God demonstrated his own love. You might be sitting here going, Dan, you don't know what I've done. How could God love me? You don't know who I am. You don't know where I come from. But this verse is so clear. God actually demonstrated it. I don't need to tell you about it because Jesus told you about it when he died on that cross. What does it say? His own love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you take one thing out of today, no matter who you are, I want you to know Jesus loves you. Point number two, great joy and peace. Everyone say that. Say great joy joy. and peace. This is straight from that verse that that angel told the shepherds. It will cause great joy. Jesus didn't just die for our eternity. He died that we can have a great life here on earth as well. I'm wondering, have you ever searched for something and struggled to find it in in a place that it just wasn't there? Have have you, you know, any hide and seek masters here? I remember once Ebony lost her wallet when we were dating and I remember uh, I was driving in front of her and I looked in my review mirror for whatever reason and her car was behind me and I just see something fly off her car and then we go to the movies, we have a great date, blah, blah, blah and we get home and she's like, Dan, I've lost my wallet. And I'm like, oh, it's not black, is it? And she's like, yeah, it is. Why? Oh, because when we're going 100 k's an hour on the highway, 
Did you happen to leave your wallet on your car? And, and you know, I loved her so much. I'm like in the dating phase. I'm, I'm trying to, I, I don't want to use that. I'm like trying to prove my love to her that I'm worthy to be her husband one day. And so I go, I go all the way to this highway where like only junkies should be, right? Like it's just not a place you want to go, right? And I pull over with cars zooming past me, risking my life. And I search and like any man would, I call my mum, can you come help me please find Ebony's wallet? <laughs> And for two hours, I put my poor mum in snake land. I saw some needles in there. Like, I don't think you understand. This is Queensland where bogans are lived. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just joking. I'm from Queensland. But I searched for two and a half hours with my mum in the sweltering heat. She left. I kept searching. And do you know what the most annoying, one of the most annoying of my life, I started here and went a kilometre that way. And guess where I found it? 10 meters before where I started. I was like, are you serious? I was searching in the wrong place. Have you ever searched in the wrong place? I remember at 17 years of age, lying in bed. See, my story is I grew up in church. I grew up hearing about God. I knew God was real, but I wandered away from God. I, I spent about five years, similar to Messu's story, completely abandoning God and living life my own way. And at 17 years of age, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I would lie in bed with tears in my eyes. And I remember asking serious questions. Is there more to life than this? What is this life all about? Why am I alive? What will happen when I die? I would sit there and these questions would haunt me. I'm wondering, have you ever asked those same questions in your life? Is there more to life than this? What is this all about? See, I had been sad for a long time. As a 17-year-old, I felt so much guilt and shame. I, I felt so much sadness. I remember almost like depression-like. I felt so hopeless about my future. I would look in the mirror and I hated the person looking back at me. I was searching. I was searching for peace. I was searching for joy. I was searching for hope. But do you know what I did? Like the world tells us to do, I went searching in the wrong places. I tried to find it in the party lifestyle. I tried to find it at the end of a bottle. I tried to find it by being cool and popular. I tried to find it in being successful and being the best athlete in our school. I tried to find it in relationships and girls. But do you know what? Every single day after I tried searching, I'd wake up the next day just as empty as I'd begun. But then... I found Jesus. He is the source of true peace, true joy, true hope, true love. And I found him in a moment, just like today. I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to begin a relationship with God or rededicate your life to him saying a prayer in about five minutes. I did that 11 years ago today. And can I tell you, friend, what I'd been searching for my whole life, I found in a moment. And it never been empty again. I'll tell you more about that later. Our soul longs for true peace, for joy, and for hope. And you and I can spend our whole life searching in the wrong place, where there is only one source, one place you can find what our soul is truly searching for. It's in Jesus. See, we were all created to be in a relationship with our Creator. Until you and I connect, until you and I accept Jesus as our Lord and, and have that open space to connect with Him, our soul will be longing for that until we find Him personally. And as I finish here, I have third and final point. The angel said, it's good news. We're loved. Great joy is available because of this Saviour. And number three, he said, it is for all people. The angel didn't come and say, this is good news 
for some people. He didn't say it's good news for those who go to church. He didn't say this is good news for those who are good and haven't sinned much this week. He didn't say this is for good news for those who come from a certain family or grew up in church. He didn't say this is good news for those who have their life all together. What did he say? The angel said this is good news for all people. And I don't know, last time I looked in the dictionary, all means everyone. It means you and it means me. It means no matter what I have done. It means no matter what mistakes I've made in my life. It means no matter if I knew better or I should have known better. Wherever I am today, the good news of Jesus is for you. Right here, right now. Christmas tells us that Jesus is the saviour of the world. But Jesus isn't your saviour and my saviour until I begin a relationship with him. And I want to read one last verse here and then I'm going to end in a prayer. Romans 8.38 says this. It's one of my favourite verses in the Bible. It brings so much hope. It says this, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. I want to say that one more time. This is for you individually in this room. No matter who you are, no matter what's happened in your life or where you'll find yourself, there is nothing Absolutely nothing in this world, nothing you could have done, nothing the enemy could have done. There is absolutely nothing that can ever separate you from the love of God. And so as I close my message here today, as we reflect on the beautiful good news of what Jesus Christ did when he came to our earth only 2,000 years ago in a manger, can I ask you, and I want you to be 100% honest with yourself, Truly, it's actually the most important question you can ever be asked in your entire life. There is nothing more important that will change your life here on earth, but more importantly than that, our eternity. And my question is, is Jesus Christ your personal saviour? Is he not just the saviour of the world who came to to pay the price for all the sins, but is he your saviour? Are you in a personal relationship with Jesus? And if the answer is no, that is completely okay. That's absolutely okay. But my next question would be, would you like to begin a relationship with God? No matter how far away God seems, He might seem so far away from you. All you and I have to do is take one step towards Him. If we take one step, Jesus will cover every other step between you, whether it's 10, a thousand or a million. He will push through anything in his way to get to you. But we have to take the first step. And I just want to finish my story. That night when I was 17 years old, I'd just been in a car crash the week earlier. Uh, At the time, I'd just finished high school. I thought it was going to be the best season of my life. Can I tell you? Everything went wrong at the time of what can go wrong for a 17-year-old who was broken. My girlfriend broke up with me. My friends all abandoned me. I nearly died in a car that flipped. I felt so depressed and hopeless about my future. And you know, for me, I entered a very important moment in my life. I had a crossroad. I was about to go all into this horrendous life of drugs and killing myself and just, that was calling me. But I said it to God one night in my bedroom, in a moment just like this, but I did it personally. And I said, God, 
If you are real, I need you to show me tonight because this is it. I've had enough with this life. And friend, can I tell you, that day I took a step towards God like I'm inviting you to. But honest truth, in my heart, I was expecting to find a God who was angry at me, who said, I don't love you because you have done this and that and you, you, you knew better. And, and I just thought I would find a God who was angry at me. And I deserved that. But the most powerful moment of my life happened where I said a prayer inviting Jesus into my life. I turned to God and I didn't find a God who was angry at me. I found a father with arms wide open and he just embraced me. And that night I wept like a baby for hour upon hour upon hour as the love of God touched my heart. I that's where Jesus became the Saviour to my Saviour. Everything changed for me dramatically. I went within a few weeks, <laughs> I was a different person from feeling so much hopelessness and depression to finding a supernatural joy I couldn't put words to. From feeling so guilty, and I, as I said, I didn't like who I'd become to finding forgiveness and getting a fresh start in Jesus. Everything shifted for me, but the biggest thing of all was that emptiness that was on the inside. Those questions that would haunt me at night. In one moment, I, they were filled when I met Jesus. And can I tell you, I'm not lying. 11 years later, I have never felt empty again. Life has not been perfect, but I have a personal saviour to walk this life with.